Hello, this is Alex and Brad. Uh, just with a quick message before this starts, this is part one of our season review for the year 2020, 2020, 2020, 2021. It's a long one, uh, yeah. but we get into some juicy conversations and we thought it's probably better to split it into two parts. So this is part one. This is us rating the players. Uh, and then you'll find out what part two is. Yeah, come we'll back leave and find it as a surprise. Come back. Yeah. Subscribe anyway, to us at uh, 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 patreon.com slash diffknock and buymeacoffee.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Cheers. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! And it's Bradley Adams through on goal. Vieira! exciting yeah here we go welcome back to the season review podcast with alexander moneypenny and my very good friend the one the only the tantalizing technical talent the man the myth the legend the the one it is here he is bradley there he is I'm trying to make a bit of glitz and glam on this episode. We're giving out different knock awards. We are at the end of this, um, and they uh, they're pretty prestigious, aren't they, Brad? Yeah, I think uh, the, the players who receive <laughs> them will be, sound will be convinced too. Yeah, we, we have to okay. sound convinced. Yes, they sound like the best things since sliced bread. Yeah, and you win. We we don't win anything, but you do win our respect our and admiration. And that's, that's got to count for something, right, Brad? Don't answer that. Absolutely, um, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, how are you? We can do small talk now. Let's have a little bit of small talk. That's fun. Uh, you didn't watch uh, <laughs> the game last night, did you? I didn't, no. Classic Emery ball. Um, but, you know, fair play to him. Won the competition again. Uh, and again, I think it's it's really nice to notice that when all of his players wheeled off and celebrated, he was the first person to go straight over to Solskjaer, mm-hmm. shake his hand, so... Um, a massively respectful man and manager. Um, and I think I can praise him whilst also admitting that he definitely obviously wasn't right for our club. But, you know, fair play. He's done it again. Congrats to him. Yeah. Yeah, listen, he's a very classy man. I do. I do. Listen, like, I, th- I think sometimes we get very, um, not, not even just revisionist, but very like monolithic in our thoughts of like, well, if we had this manager, it would have worked. So it just doesn't work out sometimes, yeah. and that's okay. Like, yeah, no, hundred like a relationship, Brad. You know, yeah, some things just aren't meant to be. Yeah, and you know, cancelling the different podcasts is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same with players, isn't it? You see some of the best players in the world just not find their feet at, at certain clubs yeah. and in certain styles of play and in certain countries you know um though oh god i can't remember who it was um i was i was listening to talk sport for some reason this morning because i was making bad life choices um and (laughs) oh god some ex-player i think from spurs basically said about the fact that um some and it, it, I, I'm trying to kind of quote as verbatim as I can that obviously sometimes foreign players come to this league and 
and you know they don't understand the the physicality or they don't and this and that and started trying to say that you know started to, he was an ex Tottenham player starting chatting shit about Endombele as well and I was just like how have these xenophobic kind of opinions still lasted to fucking twenty twenty one like, Foreign players what? will never work in the league. Give, no, just give me a just just. It's like a fucking TikTok video. Tell me you don't watch football without telling me you don't watch football. Like, or tell me you don't understand football without telling me you don't understand football. There's just no examples of any foreign players working, bro. Um, the yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I also want to while we're talking about Spurs, uh, I do want to just congratulate Danny Rose on his illustrious um career. Signed 13 years ago, uh, 2007. That's not 13 years, that's 14 years ago. I can't count. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, incredible career for Spurs. Uh, Runners-up medal in the uh, 2014 <laughs> League Cup and uh, a runners-up medal in the UEFA Champions League. Just a little, it's one of these. Well done, Spurs. Really good. And really, uh, a really big congrat- congratulations to their player, uh, Juan Foyth, who's just won Spurs. Oh, oh no, wait. He's won the Europa League with Villarreal. <laughs> and has more career medals than Harry Kane. Oh, God. <sighs> well, hey. If the we're shit, season, we can, eh? even if we're shit, we can still laugh at Spurs. It happens. Right, let's get on with what we're doing. So we are doing a season review. Uh, we're going to go through it. We're going to rate each player's season out of 10. Uh, we don't have to agree on this one. Uh, we're then going to go through and pick our peak and trough of the season. We both pick two peaks, two troughs, and we have we're to agree argue on that one. one. We're going to argue, so it could get spicy. Skip to about thirty minutes. I reckon we'll be going, Brad. Um, and then at the very end, we'll be giving out our glitzy different knock awards. Imagine like a sort of will. maybe like a golden cock and balls. That's probably what our what we would have chosen for our awards. <laughs> <laughs> right then let's get on with it okay each player's season out of 10 starting off with number one burned leno shall i i shall take the floor first we could take it in turns yeah. my friend yeah i'll go first for this one you can go first for the next one that's um, yeah that's that's how that works that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's been a season of ups and downs for Leno, uh, we've seen some, you know, brilliant saves, uh, you know, like in the Chelsea game. But then we've also seen some absolute clangers and howlers like against Everton and other clubs. So I, for me, struggle to give him anything above mid-table, which I think he has been, which is a five. Um, I don't think that the world-class nature of a couple what you could probably name maybe three of his saves this season spares him the almost kind of blushes of uh, the mistakes made. So for me, it's a five. Yeah. I think Leno is one of those players who my opinion very, very rarely changes on him. And even when he has a particularly excellent game, I don't, I don't go away thinking, Oh, maybe he's the answer. And even when he has a really poor game, I don't go away thinking, Oh, Leno's got to go it's always pretty much the same for me. He is an okay keeper. He's fine. He's fine. And, you know, at uh, 29 or whatever he is, what is he, 28, 29, I think there's a conversation about squad building, which we can have in maybe the next next podcast. But I think in terms of his season, 
again, he's been okay. <laughs> and I think there's uh, something that uh, will probably come up quite a lot in this podcast is like, if you're in mid-table for most of the season, what is probably happening is you're having some good days and you're having some bad days. Uh, yeah. And if you have some players performing well and some players performing poorly, you'll probably end up just about mid-table. in the middle. So, I th- and I think Leno kind of encapsulates that for me. Um, he is someone who... I think has been a more prominent figure in previous Arsenal teams because we face more shots on goal. I think now Arteta has, you know, to a degree, definitely shoulders up at the back. He's facing mm. less shots. He's just kind of less busy. I think his concentration gets affected. Um, I know we need a different skill set. Yeah, and we j- he just doesn't quite fit what we need to do, and that's fine. That is okay. as as we said earlier. You know, some players just don't fit in certain teams, and that is fine. I don't think he's a bad keeper. Um, and in terms of his season, yeah, average. I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a five and a half, just so if he listens to this, he likes me more than you. Uh, <laughs> he won't. Uh, okay, next up, give us our next goalkeeper, please, Bradley. Uh, next goalkeeper with his one appearance in an Arsenal shirt, Alex Runa Runison. Runa Runa Runison. Runner, runner, runner. Gunner, gunner, gunner. So I I actually feel quite sorry for Runison. I think I think he gets a lot of flack. I I sort of I sort of see him as a, like a I'm a bit like he's like the kid at school who gets bullied and I'm like, "Oh, oh guys, oh come on." I think for a guy we signed for a million pounds, I think there's something there. It's not Arsenal level. It's it's not. Um no, but I think of course not, you know, but... If we sent him out on loan next season and got, say, like five million for him the summer after, that's a perfectly acceptable way of of of, of running running a, a business and running a team. Yeah. In terms of a season, there's not much to rate. It's it's kind of na. I mean, it's, I mean, he literally had that 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 game in the Man City, Which, uh, but the the clangor to let in yeah. that Mara shot, like keep aside, kind of makes me go. But like, think he's never it's played so that level difficult. before. He would have yeah. been nervous, and I don't know. I I, I well, feel bad. I think he encapsulates the kind of idea of this is what you get when you sign the second choice goalkeeper for sixteenth from sixteenth place in the French league. Like, I don't think we were ever expecting him to set the world on fire, and I'm not surprised that he did have that clangor with the Morris free kick because if he's not of the level to be in even the top, the, the first choice of a bottom half French yeah. club. You know, when coming up against world-class talents like Riyad Mahrez, he's going to struggle. And I think that, like you say, hopefully this turns into a bit of smart business and we loan him out next summer or we can sell him for a bit of a profit. Uh, but I, I tend to agree with you that there's a re- there's too small a sample size to give a fair... I don't even know how yeah. good he is because we've yeah, seen him it's for literally 90 minutes. So I, I do I would tend to agree with you that this is a bit of a N.A., because what are we actually rating? Yeah, zero. Um, okay, uh, it's not a zero. He's just, he's just a... It's an NA. It's an NA. I yeah, can't, NA. I couldn't tell you what he's good at. Like, he's pl- not played enough yeah. time. He's literally had 90 minutes on the pitch, and that's it. And it was yeah. also 90 minutes against the best team in the country and probably the best team in Europe. So... <laughs> yeah, and I think when you come from Dijon, you've got to cut the mustard. He just hasn't. So I think he... <laughs> You wank. <laughs> I've actually stolen that as well. Um, I'm going to give him, yeah, N.A. Uh, okay, yeah, N.A. Moving on, 
Number 33, Matthew with one T, Ryan. Uh, yeah, an interesting uh, piece of business done um, with, you know, him at the start of the season, I believe, or like when he signed for us having the worst save percentage in the league. Um, I think he's been fine. You know, like we've, again, he's another one that's really difficult. We've not had, we've not got a big sample size. We've only got that kind of, I think it was the Villa game and then one other performance, one other game. And I don't think he was fully fit either. No. So he's, he's kind of one that I, I think you can kind of judge because, you know, he played in the Premier League for us twice and was kind of capable both times. Seemed all right. Uh, so again, I think for me, I'd give him a five, but not from kind of lack of ability or having a poor season, but just from when I've seen him, he's been okay. We've just not seen him enough, but I think we've seen him enough to just give him a number. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's, it, it, there's, there, there, is, there is a sample size, at least. Um, I think also, you know, it, it's difficult to try and not include the deal in this and make it like part of like, well, it was a good deal in terms of what you know what did he produce on the pitch for arsenal yeah you can't give him much more than a, a 5 just average you know he was fine but there's there's not loads and loads to go off and um yeah i i think i think he's someone i i i i imagine he's someone we'll get in on a permanent because it makes sense as a deal um it might depend on what happens with leno because it it may well be that we sign a say a david raya and keep leno in which case there might not be a place for ryan but yeah i think 5 Uh, Arsenal's number two, Hector Bayarin. Um, this one's difficult for me because there's an emotional attachment there. As much as I rag yeah. on him and say he's a shit football player, like <laughs> I feel like I've—he's my age, I think, or like just a little bit older than me. But I feel like I've like watched him grow as like a footballer. Yeah. So it, kind of saddens yeah. me a little the way that his career's turned out and as a person as well i think yeah i think in terms of rating what he's done on the pitch this season my my big bugbear with with hector which i i think people will probably get bored of me saying is about how much he cuts inside i think he's kind of lost that confidence on the straight lines um and I think when Bellerin doesn't have that, he loses his superpower. It's part of why I'm sort of cautious around the links to Lamptey. Because if Lamptey doesn't have that pace, it's like, well, then he's like a fairly ineffective attacking fullback who, if you're not getting around the outside, it's like, well, he's like a quite a small guy. I, I think Bellerin is an okay footballer, but when he doesn't have that straight line, that, that burst of pace... He becomes a bit ineffective, and he and he cut and he cuts inside a lot. I think he hasn't been helped by rotation. I don't think he's been helped by. Uh, I think he's been injured a couple of times this season. Yeah, he's been okay. I mean, I feel like everyone's getting a five or a six, but I, I'm I'm actually going to give Bellerin a four, just because I think he hasn't at times. Um, I don't feel he's given everything, and I think that might be something to do with the fact that he potentially wanted to go last summer, was convinced to stay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it feels to me a bit of a a sad situation and something that it almost feels like it's been, it's, I keep, I'm, I promise everything's fine in my relationship, but I keep talking about relationships. It's like at the end of a relationship when like things are just like not quite working and you're just like, ah, oh. yeah, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit awkward almost. Um, and I, 
yeah, this is sad, really, more than anything. Um, and I feel that with Bellerin. So yeah, I'm going to give him a four. It is. No, no, no. It really, really is because he's been at the club for such a long time, hasn't he? Like, and showed so much promise. So much promise. Um, for me, uh, I think Bellerin's cost us a lot this season um, with poor games, poor deliveries. You know, I'm taken back to the second goal and even the first goal in that 2-0 defeat to Spurs where, you know, he puts in a, a just horrendous ball into the middle and is then caught out. And then because obviously parties had to go off injured and the reason party walks off is we're literally, we're squeezing them in the final third. And, and Bellerin puts in just the worst ball and then doesn't get back in time. And so often we've seen that. So for me, I'd, I'd give him a three because I think if we're putting the kind of benchmark at five for average, I think he's had just a poor season and hasn't offered enough in far, far too many games. And that's really kind of, it hurts me to say that because I he's probably one of the only players within this squad that I feel I have an emotional attachment to because like as an avid football manager player and as an avid sports fan, like this guy's been around my club for like my maturing years. He's been at this club for such a long time. And I feel like as he's grown at this club, I've also grown up and like become an adult and moved out Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. So like, but do, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of yeah, like, he's, parables he's a big in life. Character I'm so for used a lot. to see, yeah. and I love him as a person. I think he's a fantastic person. I love his views on sustainability. I love the fact that he champions those views, and that he's not scared to. Um, but I, I just think it's been a very poor season for him, which is a shame because I would have liked to have got have him kind of go out on a high. Yeah. Yeah, and you know you don't know how much uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's, there's so many unknowns. What Arteta is asking him to do, what's going on off, on and off the pitch, who knows? But I think we can only judge what's happening on the pitch. And Bellerin has been mm-hmm. ineffective going forward and going backwards. So yeah, I think I think it's time to go, and that's fine. And that's fine. I, I think you know, I, I, no ill will. I don't think anyone will will hound him out of the club. I just think it's it's time no. to part ways. Yeah, agreed. Our number three. Kieran Tierney. Uh, is it? Is it? I'm, I'm already forgetting whether it's my turn to go first or not. It's your turn. Um, I went last it is time. My I turn. Think that's how turn taking works. That's how turns work. Um, <laughs> I love Kieran Tierney. I think he. Uh, I think if possible, we should strip Abamyang of the captain's armband this summer and give it to Tierney. Whether we do that through selling him or just stripping him of it, I don't care. Um, embodies everything that I want from an Arsenal player in the desire, but also the technical ability and the physicality. I love his passion. For me, it's a six and a half, seven. I think that it would be higher if his season hadn't been stunted a few times with a couple of injuries. Uh, and if, you know, people are, I, I, I would, I think I'm going to struggle to give anyone over like a six and a half, seven, purely because of the level of season we've had. I feel like I can't exactly give someone a 10 out of 10 when we've literally finished eighth. Like, that's just by proxy. You've not had a particularly great season as a team by our standards, if you're finishing eighth. So I think it's a six and a half, seven. I think he's been one of the most dependable people in our starting 11. And if we had 11 Kieran Tierney's on the pitch with relative ability in their positions, we would be in an unbelievable place. Uh, And I'm so gassed. We have this man, uh, 
I want him to stay till he retires. I want him given the captain's armband and to lead this club, hopefully to a Premier League title within his career, if that's even possible. So how you fancy him, Brad? <laughs> oh, mate, I do. He's a gorgeous man. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's great. He's really good. I, I think we've found a long-term left-back option. Um, he is extremely good at getting beyond, extremely good at beating. His underrated quality is his, his beating his man. He's got really great delivery. He's been excellent for us when he's been fit. And I think that's you know probably the biggest thing and the biggest th- focus, I imagine, for him next season is remaining fit. Um, and trying to get rid of these little niggles and issues and injuries that, that happen that don't feel like they're massively related to like in-game contact. Um, yeah. Played a lot it, of minutes, it, 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 you know. He he did play a lot of minutes actually. He played more more games than I think he than than I thought he did. I think he played about thirty eight games or something. Um, but he yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think Tierney's fantastic. I worry about the level of the team because I I think Tierney, especially with people, he's played like over three thousand minutes this season, which is a lot, a lot of minutes. It's a lot of minutes. It's really a lot of minutes. Um, I think with people like David Luiz going, I think with someone uh, with the news coming out today that Granit Xhaka might be off to AS Roma with Mourinho. I think with someone like Aubameyang going, potentially Lacazette going, that's a lot of leadership roles um, moving out and people will ste- step up. And, and Tini's the sort of guy who will and would and wants to step up, I think. Um, he's going to, and already is, become not only on the pitch, but off the pitch, become an extremely important player for us. Um I just hope we can keep him around. Um, and he's, you know, he's had his moments this season. I remember, uh, I think, was it was it Richarlison against Everton who got past him? There's, you know, been a few little, mo- you know, moments here and there. Nothing that you kind of, that, that can't be, you know, can't be rectified. I don't think anyone's ever, like, skinned him. No, 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 no. And, you know, I I, I, I I feel bad picking on him because, frankly, you know, it's, it's, it's neither here nor there because he's been one of our best players. Um, I'm going to give him an eight just because I think he has been basically one of our best players. And also he, when he's not in the team, I think we feel the biggest difference when Tierney's mm. not in our team. And that's partly how we're set up. It's not completely, you know, just because Tierney's incredible. I mean, he is, but the way we set up and the way we try and use the flanks because we lack centrality so much when we don't have Tierney, we seem so toothless um, and you just wonder what would happen if Tini was available for that Europa League second leg uh, against uh, Unai. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give him an eight. Fair next right. up. So next for you, it is our number six, Gabriel Magalhaes. Magalhaes. Geez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. One more time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think encouraging. I would say I, I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a six and a half. I think it, he's still raw, but all of the fundamentals are there. He's got the physicality. He's got the speed. He's got 
decent positional sense. I think he's becoming more confident on the ball and becoming more confident with playing out. I think with a a more regular and experienced partner, I think if you know you, if you had a David Luiz in his late twenties rather than you know his late fifties, we might be looking at someone who's had a more consistent season that has been you know and and. There's been moments this season. I, I think back to like the the red card against Southampton, where you you see an inexperience. But that's what happens when you sign a 22 year old centre back. I think would I do the deal again? Absolutely. Would I? Am I excited for next season? Absolutely. Am I going to ask myself another question and answer it myself? Absolutely. But the Absolutely. the key point for me is <laughs> it's very real estate. He <laughs> is he he. He seems encouraging, he seems exciting, and he seems like someone we can build our defence around. I'm not blown away by his performances this season, but speaking generally, I, generally, I think he he is encouraging and there's something there, something to build on. If we get him a decent partner, I think we'll see the best of him heading into the next few years. Yeah, I, I concur most of what you're saying. I think he's had kind of flash in the pan moments of brilliance, you know, where he's wrestled people off the ball or, you know used his pace very intelligently but then I also think that it's a season that's been rattled with being out with COVID and suffering long-term effects of that so I think I'd give him a six I think that's kind of fair for the level we've seen Um, and yeah like you say I'm excited to see how he blossoms into the next season yes like a beautiful tree with his lovely shiny white teeth. Uh, okay, next up is Bobby Rob Holdinho. All right, Rob Holdinho. Okie dokie. Um, he's another one that, that I think uh, no one expected him to be around, obviously, because, you know, he was apparently off to Newcastle up until, what, the last few days of the window. Um, again, is a player that's had moments this season, but that I really struggle with kind of giving anything more than a four and a half five purely because you know he's had some moments with with brilliant defending where you know he's pulled out uh, uh you know he's wrestled somebody off the ball or last ditch tackle but then he's also been out jumped by sterling and had kind of the positional awareness of helen keller at points so i i do just start to like it i think like we will say with a lot of these players there has been moments with Rob where I've gone, brilliant, great. But there have also been moments where I've gone, there's a reason we were looking to get rid of you. Uh, and so for me, he's another one that, that isn't going to get anything more than a five out of me. What about you? I, d- I, I always laugh at your Helen Keller joke, but I, st- I still don't understand the reference. Who is that? Uh, she was born deaf, dumb and blind. So she couldn't see, she couldn't hear, she couldn't speak. She's like quite a prominent woman in history. Right. I'm with you. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, I think holding. Listen, he he he's someone who kind of encapsulates Arsenal a little bit for me. Like he he you know he has his moments. He's decent at times. He can he can perform on his day. He has his limitations, uh, and we just roll seem to roll season in season out with with him. And he's just one of our players. I know it's pretty boring thing to say about him but that's what he is to me it's just he is someone who comes on does a decent job occasionally gets caught out doesn't have the most isn't blessed with the most incredible pace isn't blessed with the most incredible technical skill he's fine he's a no-nonsense defender he's what in his mid-20s and he'll probably be 
at no more than our level for the rest of his career. Seems like a really nice guy, um, you know, but ultimately we can't spend our time going, well, let's keep this guy because he's a nice guy. We've got to have good players. So, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think this season... He's had some moments, you know. He's uh, I remember look look back on his uh, his juggling of the ball on the first day of the of the season against Fulham, um, and I think he has um, yeah he's had some okay performances. He's been fine, but again he's fine, and this is the, the same thing with all of these players. It's like he is fine, and if we want to go to the next level, we need to get rid of our Rob Holdings. We need to be ruthless. Players like Rob Holding are the kind of benchmark for average like he's fine but that's not what we need we need someone who can ball out from center back we we should look at that William Saliba guy at Nice he looks really good but you you just wonder what happens with holding like I don't know yeah anyway I I, I yeah I, I'll, I'll give him I'll give him a rating um I'm gonna give him a five and a half because he's fine <laughs> he's fine do you know what I mean like it's it's that's all I've got to say really he's, he's fine he's fine He's fine. Okie dokie. So next for you, my friend, we have Cedric. Cedric Diggory. Um, uh, Yeah, fine on the pitch. I mean, in terms of his performances, he's been... He's not really played much, so it's it's a bit of a difficult sample size. I don't know how many minutes he's played this season. Maybe you can look that up. Um, But he... Yeah, he's okay. I think he... It's difficult just to relate it to to the player because the player and the deal feel so kind of um, intertwined in many ways in the narratives around Arsenal. Uh, he's fine. He's technically more, especially with new players. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's technically more um, proficient than Bellerin, I think, but doesn't quite have the physical capacity that Bellerin has at, uh, in certain in certain moments. Um, I think he has a decent delivery I think back to the assist for no not the, the pre-assist for Saka against someone where he plays it in for uh, Lacazette I can't remember which game it was um, we were playing in a blue kit that's all I remember um, yeah and he's again blue. he's fine <laughs> like it's it that's what blue uh, he's fine but listen he again he represents someone who I think we could do without and Ultimately, we can't completely get rid of our squad, and it's not to turn this into a squad building conversation. But the re- probably the reason his performances have been the way they have this season is because we have so many options at right back, none of whom are our first choices. So when he comes in, he can't build up relationships. He can't um, particularly get a run going. I think he did okay at left back when Tini was out um, and covered well. I think you know I look back to that mistake against was it against Villa that led to the goal. Yeah, that happens if you're if you're if you're a player who would normally play on the right-hand side and you've not got a left foot, that that occurs. You know, I, I don't see that d- as... that d- d- doesn't play a lot, you know. He's only played yeah. 1,400 I... minutes for us this season. That's what I mean. It's like you can't build up any rhythm. You can't get into it, any kind of flow. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a victim of squad building and poor squad building, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, he's okay. And I would give him... And I'll give him another five and a half. What about you, Brad? Yeah... Uh, I'm inclined to agree pretty much entirely and then pretty much the same rating as well. I'd give him kind of between a five and a six because I think that him deputising at that left-back spot when we really, really needed it um, was 
you know, was was good. And there, I remember moments where after decent performances at right back, we were crying out for him to be our starting right back and things just haven't really panned out. Um, there's been moments where you start to wonder why he hasn't been playing uh, and whether that's um, fitness, his training levels or something to do with his relationship with the manager. Uh, but again, it is just the kind of victim of poor squad building because we have about seven right backs in our, you know, on our wage bill at the moment. And for some reason we decided it was a smart idea to bring in another one on a four year contract. But um, yeah, I just think he's, he's another one of these players that is, has been all right when he's played, but that's not good enough. So probably like five, five and a half. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's a shame because a lot of these kind of, ratings feel fairly similar to be honest they feel pretty like well mm. you know it's this that and the other but that's what they are you know we, we have an average team full of a lot of average players and we are in an average position in the league that's what happens like that's that's where we are and you know as much as these guys can come in and do well and yeah they're nice guys whatever it's not good enough and yeah i i, I feel it's like a, almost a malaise of sort of arsenal defenders uh, number twenty-one, Callum Chambers. I think this is kind of kind of onto a positive note. Um, I think yeah. Callum Chambers, since he's come back and started in at right back and even played centre back a few times, has been decent. I'd give him kind of a, again, a six and a half for me, um, verging on a seven, because I think that he six point seven five, Brad. Yeah, maybe a six point seven five. I I just think that you know if we if he'd maybe been fit from the start of the season and we'd seen more and we'd, we had more of a kind of, again, um, a much bigger sample size. I'm just going to quickly have a look at exactly how many minutes he's played. Um, but I, I think that he kind of added, he's played uh, just over a thousand minutes for us. Okay. Uh, and I think he massively kind of added what we needed at that right back slot at the time, you know, a decent delivery, but the physicality as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, a player that I think should absolutely be kept in the summer, either to deputise at right back or to deputise at right centre back or both, you know. Um, and there were points when he was performing so well, you know, we mentioned the fact that right back starts to fall down the pecking order when it comes to transfers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really pleased with him and I'm really glad that he's managed to come back from quite a tough and devastating injury and some loan periods away and perform decently for us. So yeah, I, I'll give him a six and a half. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm going to go for a seven. I think Chambers has been a really positive thing to come out of this season. One of pretty few. One um, of the you know, only. Back to that perform- yeah, yeah, the only. Uh, you look back to that performance against West Ham. What you know, we're talking about him like Cafu. You know, he was unbelievable up and down that right hand side. I think um, something uh, Paul on the Arsenal Vision podcast spoke about recently was I really do think that sort of Jefferson Montero thing affected him sort of on and off the pitch in many different ways um, and getting rinsed because he he was doing decent at the time. He was actually fine in you know he was he was playing a, a, a decent capacity and he was basically only trusted from then on at centre back. And I think he's got a lot to offer a right back. I'm not, um, you know, I, I think he, his delivery is good. He, as, as we say, his physicality is good. When we do, um, I, I think 
my suspicion is he could probably drop in as a kind of auxiliary right uh, sort of third centre back or right centre back. But actually, what he does is he is he mirrors Tierney really well. And when you have someone, he's not majorly quick, but he picks up good positions. And if you're good positionally, as we see with someone like Per Mertesacker, it doesn't really matter. Um, and he just delivers really good balls. I think the main thing, and the reason I'd push him up from sort of a six and a half to a seven, maybe, is is the desire. He's just got desire, and he wants to get mm. to the ball. He wants to impress. And he's still got, I think, a bit more talent to come in terms of, I think his his actual ceiling is a bit higher than a Rob Holding or a Cedric. Um, and as you say, I think, in terms of our right-back positioning, he might have just put it down to three or four as opposed to sort of one or two in terms of our, our, our priorities for the summer because it wouldn't be the end of the world to go into the next season if we've addressed, you know, centre mid, attacking midfielder and a striker or a winger, for example, or we've got new goalkeeper. If we had Chambers on at, at the start of the season, I don't think anyone's going, We this is unacceptable if we went through another season with, with Chambers and Cedric. So, yeah. yeah, really fair play to him. And I think what's great is having a character like that in the side who's brought himself back from injury, um, who is clearly well-liked, um, uh, homegrown, and someone who I think... Uh, can, can step up and be a bit more of a, a leader role. He's been been at the club since 2014. I remember him signing um, from Southampton. From Southampton, um, I was in a hotel room when I found out that brand. Um, and uh, yeah, little Arsenal trivia for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, useless, uh, but yeah, he yeah. I I just think he's he's got a bit of uh, ceiling that. What's the phrase? He, he can he can move high. He's got a higher ceiling, and he can move closer to it. That was an awful way of explaining it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so on to our number twenty-two, Pablo Mari. Um, surprise package. I think as well as Chambers, I think he he's performed well. I think I'd struggle to give him anything more than a six and a half. So I'm going to give him a six and a half. Um, I think. He's not quite, I've seen Milk turn faster per Mertesacker, but he does give me a slight vibe of that. I think he can be caught napping a little bit, but actually what he's done really well this season is is Arteta's trusted him against big strikers. He's often someone, if you go back and watch that Everton game, he keeps Cavalier really, really quiet and body checks him and he's not he's not afraid to get physical. I think in a team that, as Gary Neville would probably say, we're spineless, flaky. He's someone who I think stands up and, and is counted and is and again maybe we'll step up into a bit of a leadership position. Considering what we paid for him, I think we're getting performances that really, really match up. And as a deputy for Gabrielle, I think he's excellent. I think it's a really, really good bit of business and a really real positive from this season that Mari is someone who um you know, and, and another left footer, a quality left footer. Another option, someone who can come in in Carabao Cup games, someone who, as Gabriel, I think probably his influence on the team will grow. Um, he's someone who can come in and, and he, he he's actually a really good defender. Like I know this, this sounds like a, such a stupid thing to say, but we often talk about, especially fullbacks, their attacking qualities and how they get forward and that stuff. And even centre-backs, we're starting to just speak about, you know, what foot are they? Can they play out? Can they... Mari can defend. He's a really good defender. He holds the right lines. He shepherds people off the ball. He's good one-on-one. He's not the quickest, but he's a really good defender. And he's very handsome. So, six and a half. Yeah, he is. Uh, Okay, uh, fair enough. For me, I kind of gave him around the five and a half 
Because I think that, again, while we've seen green shoots at moments of him, you know, dealing with Calvert-Lewin and kind of bigger men quite well, uh, I just don't think I've seen enough yet. I think, you know, and especially when we look at what we're grading other people at, I just think kind of like, I kind of like in comparison, like I don't think he's been as good as kind of a Chambers or he's been on the level of, uh, of on the level for me as kind of Rob Holding. They're, they're like whilst, you know, I think that he's probably a more accomplished defender than Holding is. Um, there's also the question that he's only played about kind of twelve to thirteen hundred minutes, so it's really difficult for me to give him anything more than that purely because in those 12 to 1300 minutes, he's not exactly looked like he's setting the world on fire. Um, so yeah, it's a five and a half from me. Okay. I, well, let's agree to disagree, Blad. Blad. <laughs> Blad. Uh, he's got to go, Blad. He's got to go, Blad. Uh, number 23... David Lewis. David Lewis. Um, I think he, as a just as a as a player, has, has been kind of enigmatic of Arsenal's season. Um, I remember the Man United game. Emblematic. Yeah, that's not not enigmatic. Emblematic. I'm just being an idiot. Um, we all make mistakes, Brad. We all do. We all do. Uh, as does David Luiz. Um, <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Like he, I think, but I think back to kind of performances at uh, the at Old Trafford, beating them one nil for the first, um, and beating them at Old Trafford for the first time in fourteen years, and him being brilliant in that game. But then I think of other games like the Wolves game, where of course I don't think he should have been sent off, but again was caught out in that moment, and a couple of times this season has been caught out and has let us down. Um, so I think for me, it's kind of, it's a five, five and a half. Um, if we're talking last season, I think he was massively kind of influential and important in that FA Cup win. Uh, whereas this season, I don't think he's had enough influence in a good way. Um, so I'm going to give him a five. Yep. I, I (laughs) think... If we're just judging him on based on performances on the pitch, yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to go with four and a half. Um, I think he. Oh my god, you're actually below me. Yeah, what's going it's on? The first time. Um, I'd love to see our averages that come out at the end. I bet it'll be very, very enigmatic of uh, what we uh, what we're like as podcast Fuck hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Yes, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, he's just, you know, he's David Louise, isn't he? I think, isn't, I, don't, I don't want to spend too much time on anal- analyzing his performances. We know what he does. He can play out well from the back. We actually look diff- really different without him, but that's more to speak mm. of our squad building and our other options, particularly <laughs> rather than, than like, his qualities. Than his yeah. qualities, uh, you know, it's like. A shit sandwich looks nice if you haven't got any food. Do you know what I mean? Um, you're starving in a desert. Um, yeah, I, he's fine. He's okay. He's he's four and a half out of ten is what he is. Um, and his influence happens behind... Well, his most positive things, I think, come from behind the scenes, by the sounds of things. And he was fine on the pitch. Had his few David Luiz moments, which he has every season of the 
you know, had him a couple this year and he's gone and we can move on. I hope. I hope. Please, God, I hope. I pray. Uh, okay. Here we are, my friend. That is the Defenders done. Uh, we are on to Starboy, Bukayo Saka. Bukayo! Love him. Uh, he is going to get yeah. eight and a half out of ten. I think Ooh. that'll be my highest rating. Spoiler. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, he, for a 19-year-old to play... <laughs> how many minutes? <laughs> Can you look it up? Uh, 3,500 minutes. He's played 3,500 minutes this season, which is Yeah, ridiculous. and I think the tail off at the end of the season that he had was pretty much based on that. I think, you know, he needs... I kind of hope he doesn't. I yeah, actually, absolutely. I actually don't think he will go to, um, go to the Euros uh, when they've cut the squad down. You see, um, I think he will. I really think he will because he's a, he's a great utility man to have. P- can play left back, right wing back, right mid, left mid in the center. Like if you're talking about, I I think it it depends on on a lot of things, but I think that if you've got a 26 man squad, having a utility man who can cover four positions is is really helpful. Maybe, maybe I, I, I kind of, I don't think he will, and I kind of hope he doesn't because he needs a rest, and I think next season we'll yeah. just see him go to that next level. I think, but yeah, I mean, he's been sensational. I mean, you know, his performances this season have kept us going through some fucking dark times. Like, you know, he has been. I think what's what's incredible is his consistency. I think that's not really kind of mentioned enough but a lot of players can have good games that happens and you know you, you it all comes off for you Saka is always working he's always a bright spark he's always someone that that people look to to change a game and at 19 years old you know to take that amount of responsibility to take that amount of um, energy to be that kind of focal point for our flailing attack at times um, I think is really, really impressive. And, you know, it's all props to Hayland. It's all props mm. to Bukayo. Um, and, and to some degree, all props to, you know, Lundberg and Arteta and the, the people who brought him through and, and, and Emery, of course, um, for spotting this talent. And I mean, you know, what can you say? I, ju- I just hope he signs a new deal within the next couple of years or so and, and we c- we can keep him and, and, and sort of build a team around him moving forward because I think there's there's so much talent there. Um so many great moments. Uh, yeah, I look forward to next season because I think his... The only thing I'd say is maybe his finishing hasn't been great, but that's someone who... That's a young player and, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. I think he'll get more clin- clinical. I think it's also his finishing hasn't been great in the second half of the season after clocking up so many minutes. Um, yeah. For me, I gave him a nine. Uh, I think... I'm not... Uh, I wouldn't give... The thing is, is I wouldn't give anyone a ten because I don't... I think to say that, it has to be that this season has been successful. You know, and they have been the main part in making this season successful. But I think a lot of what um, detracts from, you know, I, I can I could have easily given him an eight is because a lot of, you know, his output isn't particularly great for the minutes that he's gotten this season. You know, 2,600 minutes in the league to only have five goals and three assists isn't particularly great. But I do think that that's as much down to our creative woes and... Um, the poor, poor performances from our strikers this season. And that also doesn't take into a, uh, into account the fact that he's been playing at left back at points this season and at right wing back at points this season. So uh, he definitely tailed off after the kind of 28, kind of 27, 2800 minute mark. Once he kind of hit that and started clocking that, you you saw 
kind of his productivity and his influence on a game really tail off kind of the, the latter ends of the season. But I can't really blame him for that as much as I, w- I think that it's the fault of Arteta and Willian and every other kind of wide player in mainly Willian performing to the level acceptable to to rotate him out of the squad. So yep. for me, I think he has been the shining light in a horrible season. <laughs> yes. So I, I gave him a nine. Okay. Um, Daniel Ceballos, the Spanish Lee Catamol. The Spanish Lee Catamol. At least Lee Catamol had his uses. <laughs> Go on, Brad. All right. Uh, I have given Danny Ceballos a 2 out of 10. Um, I think there's probably only one player in our entire roster that I'll give lower to. Uh, I, I wonder. He's been um, apathetic, lethargic, poor. Uh, he's had moments, you know, like... Um, uh, my goal of the season has Danny Ceballos involved. Uh, but I think it's at such a level where those moments nowhere near outshine the the litany of calamitous shite that that man has done on a, on a football pitch for Arsenal this season. Um, giving uh, Benfica the goal, uh, loads of things like that, just ridiculous, ridiculous decisions. And, you know, probably for me, one of the the biggest shocks of the season um, because I think like, I was quite against signing Willian in the first place, but we'll come on to him later. But I was actually quite pleased with the kind of re-securing of the Ceballos loan. And I thought that it was a decent piece of business to kind of fatten out the squad for next season. And for him to come back and be ha- as as kind of profligate and awful as he has been just was so surprising. Uh, so he's gotten a two out of ten from me. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 hard to give him much more than that. I'm going to give him a two and a half, uh, just again. So if he listens to this, he likes me more than you. Um, <laughs> he's just been a calamity. I th- I think it, it's it's all manner of things. It's the wrong fit. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong season. It's the wrong. It's the wrong. It's the wrong. Whatever. It's the, it, but it's the wrong player. Like I think Sabios, you know, some of the mistakes he made in the Europa League are just unacceptable. Um, I think he, positionally, uh, there's there's probably a Helen Keller joke I can make here, but I I've, I'm not going to make it. it. Just he 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 is really really poor. I mean, he's like a moth being a drawn moth. to a flame. He's like a moth being drawn to a flame. Hey, skirt. Um, and yeah, I I I don't have much to add more to the conversation around him because he's going and that's it and and it it was fine I wish Arsenal weren't a location where I I think the second loan was the mistake Um, I think if we'd got Mm. in a you know or kept Guendouzi or kept Torreira around I don't know Um, but yeah Sabahis has really cost us at times this season and has you know it has flashes of moments but it's just not it's not it's not enough and it's and also if you're if it's like a it's like the cherry on top of a really like doughy horrible blancmange do you know what i mean it's like well you know at least you know jacker is a boring cheesecake but it's a cheesecake and you can eat it 
he's like he's got a cherry sometimes and he's got a nice final pass and he can you know he can spin out of a a challenge or whatever but I just I don't care I don't care <laughs> like it's not good enough and it's not it's not structural enough to what Arteta wants to do it's it wouldn't it's not going to fly um and he's gone so yeah two and a half out of ten who's next okay we are now on to the Norwegian prince Martin Erdegaard Martin Erdegaard um yeah I, I I'm gonna give him a seven because I think he's coming from a different league, coming from not playing loads, um, and he's had some really, really good moments uh, and good games. He had that, that game against West Ham, particularly. I remember he had a fantastic game the other, the, uh, the other day. Can't speak against Brighton. Um, and against I think Palace, he was quite good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got the assist for the for the winner for the winner, uh, Gabriel Martinelli's winner. I think he is someone who has gone slightly under the radar at the end of the season. Um, and I think if we can get it done, I'd still prefer Buendia, but I think if we get Erdegaard... It's not going to happen. Yeah, but if we get Erdegaard, um, I, I would like, be really happy. Because and everything, you know? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that because like, at the end of the day, he's he's a great, he's a great talent with, it, with an unbelievably high ceiling, you know? Yeah. I think he can so, really thrive for us in the right half space, potentially as sort of one of two eights uh, at some point. I think, you know, he's he's got a high, really high ceiling, as you say. He's only 22. He's finding his feet. He's also another, someone, you know, he's, a, he's the captain of the Nor- Norwegian national team. He's someone who we can use and really use in a kind of, you know, he's someone who I think you know what you're going to get and and more. You know, there will be definitely more. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's fantastically technic- technically gifted. He loves dropping deep and picking up, whereas Smith Rowe kind of spends a bit more time up. And I think them as a sort of pair of eights with a with a party or a Basuma or whoever that ends up being could be a really good option for us in certain games. Odegaard out on the right, Odegaard in the middle. I think he provides a lot of options. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's I think he's done well, and I'd like to I'd like to see him again. Yeah. Uh, I kind of agree with most of what you say. I gave him a six just because there was a there, were, there has been a couple of games come the end of the season, kind of hard man to please, Brad, aren't you? Uh, he he finished he finished well, but there were a few games where he ghosted a bit and just wasn't effective. Um, and I don't think that that was a lot to do with him as much as it was to do with us as a whole team not working. But um, I think again with with January loans, it's really really difficult to assess how good a player has been because if you like, even if we look at, let me just bring up his like metrics. I just don't think that there's enough sample size for me to kind of go like, oh yeah, he's been sensational for us. You know, he's only he's played kind of about eight hundred minutes in the league and. 400 minutes in the Europa League for us. The rest kind of have been with Madrid or for Norway. So, and only four, and whilst, you know, four goal contributions in, in about 1,200 minutes isn't awful. And obviously not everyone has to be contributing in that way. Um, I just, there were just a few games this season where I wanted to see a little more from him. But I think that that's really difficult when you've got six months to acclimatise to a new club, new manager's style of play. And when, you know, he'd only had about kind of 400 minutes, less than about 300 minutes before turning up. 
So it, I, I wouldn't, I don't really blame Erdegaard, but I think that we could have seen more from him. Uh, and he is one, like you say, that, you know, obviously the news has come out recently that Zidane has left Madrid. So I think that Erdegaard's definitely going to go back there. But if he wanted to stay and we could get that deal done, I'd still probably want to get Buendia as well. Because maybe, maybe the solution is another loan, another 12-month loan. Uh, but then I don't know whether we're repeating mistakes like we did with Ceballos. But I think it would be I, very different. I think there's more. I think there's more to come from him, and uh, I think the reason I give him a six is because I know his ceiling is so high, and I know how good he can be. I just don't think he's hit his levels with us. Will Martin Erdegaard sign for Arsenal? What's the key to love and happiness in the 21st century? And next week's lottery numbers. All in part two of the Different Knocks season review. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.